0: Before we jump into this week's episode, I need to let you know that you may find parts of my story triggering or hard to hear. I believe we see parts of ourselves in everyone else's story, and it is this is the very reason I'm getting super vulnerable with you today. While I'm in love with the life I currently lead, it hasn't always been smooth sailing. In fact, I credit a lot of my past trauma and turmoil to the person I am today. Without these challenges and setbacks, I simply wouldn't have otherwise had the opportunity for growth and healing. I'm sharing my story in hopes that you will find some kind of hope and inspiration at the end of your tunnel for yourself if you are feeling stuck right now, if you are feeling hopeless, if you are feeling the deep, dark, foggy cloud above your head. I hear you. I get you. I am here for you. Please reach out if you would like to chat. You never know who might be listening. So if one person does find value in this, then I've done my job. But it is also my wish for my friends and family to give this episode a miss. I share a lot, and while I've chosen to be vulnerable in this public setting, it does sound silly, but I would rather my nearest and dearest not to listen to this one. It is my wish, so I hope you can respect that one. So if this is you, I would greatly appreciate you pressing stop right now. Thank you. Let's jump into this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Haley Malcolm podcast. I am so excited you're here for showing up for yourself, your self love, and self care. Each week, I give you the permission and the space to claim the most happy, healthy, abundant life, and give you access to the most sparkliest version of you. On this journey together, we'll learn and grow and thrive to be the best version of ourselves. We don't settle for anything less than incredible. I'm your host Haley, a fitness and nutrition coach, writer, former radio host and journalist, advocate for self-love and self-care, and all-round wellness guru. I'm a mama to the most divine little girl and a fur parent to a cheeky little Cavoodle. I am so pumped to take you into another magical episode. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome back to part two of one of my most vulnerable... and personal episodes to date. Uh, I have put this off, as I said I would. Um, The part two was, I was going to record it yesterday, being a Sunday, today's a Monday. um, And I am sitting my caboose down right after a workout. I just quickly had breakfast. I was like, no, I'm going to do it now. I've mapped it out. It is all ready to go. And again, like most things in life, um, we resist the things that we know is going to bring the most healing and I'm resisting it. I, I'm resisting sitting down and recording it. I don't know why I've been reflecting on it a lot. Workouts are a great opportunity for me to release and connect with my mind. And I was thinking about it. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do it now while the house is quiet before Pip comes back in a couple of hours time. But I just want to say thank you so, so, so much from the bottom of my heart From part one, the outpouring of support and love that you guys um, have reached out and shared with me um, and even see parts of your story in my story. And I love you so much for that. This is what this is all about. So if you're tuning into part two, welcome. If you haven't yet listened to part one, go back and listen to episode 49, because this is very much a continuation I'm going to decide if I'm going to turn this into three parts or I'm just going to make it one long episode and you can kind of just tune in and tune out um, as in Um, turn the episode off and then back on again, like when you're back in the car, or if it's going to be a little bit long, you can kind of just drip feed this episode into your ears um, whenever you have time. So I left things off. I gave you a full background um, of my upbringing. Um, I shouldn't say full. It was, I'm sharing parts of my story and I was reflecting on this as well. I'm sharing parts of my story that are the, you know, the challenging and the ones that I deal with the most adversity and the grief. And the all the the learnings, I'm really sharing those parts of the story. So I want to let you know as well. There's been so many beautiful, positive. Like I've had a really beautiful life, but I'm sharing all these challenges and heartaches with you um, because this is the topics. These are the topics and the. The things that I want to share with you. So, if I was doing a relationships episode, I'd go through and talk about all my relationships, or a career one, I'd talk about all my career. But I'm very much highlighting those, um, you know, those challenges today inside this episode. So I just wanted to say that so it doesn't look so doom and gloom. Um, I just I'm really highlighting those parts because I really feel when I share those parts, you it may help with your healing as well. And by the end of this episode, you'll see how I've progressed and how. I've used my childhood and my upbringing and all the things I went through in my early adult years into my life now and how I've healed from that and how I've come out the other side and how I continue to heal from that too. Because I think a lot of us go about life without really fully connecting to our triggers and our emotions and our childhood and the traumas that we went through. We very much just brush that under the carpet, under the rug, and move on with life. But when you really take inventory and look further and deeper into parts of yourself that you react or parts of yourself you know that you have a pattern, um, whether that's in a relationship or a career or whatever it is through life, it's it can bring you so much light. It can really paint that picture and pull you up next time you do it. Or next time you find yourself running away from a relationship or causing that argument um, that... It wasn't really the other person's fault, but it was something within you um, that's triggered you or brought brought out an insecurity. It's very, very, no, it's very powerful knowledge, um, being aware of how you, how you react or how you hold yourself or how you, you know, the, the decisions you make or the belief systems you have this in this, this moment of how it came about that, how it came about from your past life, because you can learn a lot from digging back into your past. And like I was saying the other day, it's very cathartic going through this story, Um, even just sharing my story and noting it down. It's so freaking cathartic. Um, And it's really funny because this morning I was kind of pacing around knowing that I was going to record this episode and I went over to my tarot cards in my bookshelf. I said out loud, I was like, um, I always say either out loud or in my head, I I always say to the um, uh, I called on you, divine guidance, today to show me the card that I need for healing, the card that I need for guidance, the card that I need to see today, um, and the card that uh, that actually flew out of the pack, out of the deck was called the scribe. It is so weird. Well, not weird because it's it was supposed to happen, but it was literally a card that represents documenting your life journey. <laughs> Like, is that just, <laughs> I just couldn't even, like, I can believe it because I'm very connected. But, um, you know, that was the card out of the whole freaking deck. That card flew out. Like, what, what? Um, but anyway, so that was that was another um, little kind of tap on the shoulder to say, yes, continue on with this story, Haley, because it is helping. So where I left things off was where I was about 18 or 19 years old and I was about to move to Swan Hill. Now, I was living back with mum at this time And like I was saying um, in part one, it was that was a that was a challenge in itself, and that was you know kind of reconnecting um, back with mum again after not being not living with her since you know we, we were back in our family unit days, back in our family home. So that had some challenges, but looking back on it, wow, that's when things started to rear its ugly head. All the things that I was holding on to, all the things I was going through as a child. Now I do want to preface by saying as well. My sisters and I—that we all have our own stories. We all have our own versions of this. We all actually reacted and dealt with the divorce and dealt with our upbringing in different ways. So, if you know my sisters, like chat to them about their side of the story one day, um, because they very much had different journeys to me. They we always said between the three of us, it for some reason hit me the most with my mental health. It hit me the most with my development. It hit me the most um, in terms of relationships and things like that. Um, And, but I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, It's, it's, it's made me the person that I am today, but we all have different, um, we all dealt with it differently and we all have our own stories around that. So this is very, just very much my story. So that came out a lot, living back with mum again, and just before I moved to Swan Hill, I remember just being so sad. And again, I didn't identify it as depression back then. I was just had this deep sadness. And I just, I was so numb in my emotions. I was... Really, just a lost little girl, um, and I just didn't really know what to do with them. There was like this, this, these emotions brewing inside of me, but I didn't really know how to express them. I didn't really know what they were. I didn't really know anything else. Like I was always, I'd always carried around these feelings, so I didn't really know how to release them. And I remember being in another relationship at the time, just before I moved to Swan Hill. And I, I loved this guy a lot. His name was Matt. And we had a very, very great connection. But again, I threw all of myself into uh, onto him. Um, and all of the broken parts of me, I kind of like I latched onto him and was like, just Kind of trying to ignore these feelings that I had, and again, he made me feel really good. He was plugging those emotions that I didn't want to carry around me anymore. It's like I was plugging them into him, um, and but again, that led to an eruption of arguments. I remember running away at every opportunity. We would get into an argument whether I thought he was not, you know, giving me enough attention or giving me enough love or giving me enough affirmate, like words of affirmation. That's actually one of my love languages now. But if he was not affirming our love on a daily basis or he was leaving me to travel for work or whatever it was. I had a lot of dependency in relationships back then. I don't now... I have quite the opposite, but um, I was depending on him a lot for you know feeling filling that void within me. Um, this sadness, I just wanted it to go away, and I just threw it on him. And when he didn't make me feel happy or we had an argument, I ran, and I just remember feeling so sad and crying to the point of not crying anymore couldn't couldn't like let go of any more tears um you know there was a deep deep sadness in me that back then it was coming up and I just didn't know what to do with it it was so overwhelming it was so overwhelming um and he was a lovely guy, and we always like, we parted ways when I moved to Swan Hill. Actually, I, I ended up, um, we, we broke it off. I don't know whether that was because I was moving, or we were just weren't working because I had a lot to deal with, and I was not the best person to be around. Because, you know, I, I had a lot to heal. But there was no, for me, there was no such thing as healing back then. I was like, what the hell is that? Like, there's no, there was no self development. There was nothing. It was just going about life, going into another relationship, and unloading all my shit onto the next person like it just it was just I remember also have this deep internal knowing though like when my friends would talk about things that they would do or say to their their partners or the trust or insecurity that they had in their partners I remember thinking like oh there's no way I would do that like I remember thinking there's more to that what they're saying than what they realize. Like I remember acknowledging it in other people. Like I remember one one time my friend was like I he was in my boyfriend was in the shower and I he went she went through his phone and went through his wallet, and I remember thinking whoa like whoa that is a lot of insecurity there like that's a lot of you onto him. But yet I was doing it and wasn't acknowledging it. So I think I had this d- deep internal intuition for other people at the time. Just like I was saying that we had this deep um internal like knowing and compassion for other people I think I definitely identified a lot of what my friends were doing with their partners at the time but yet I was still doing it but I it was just this knowing of this this understanding of there's more to that than just not trusting your boyfriend like there's that's more of us like that's more of our own deep core issues um so anyway, we, yeah, that was, oh gosh, it was just, it makes me feel sad even thinking about that relationship. I just remember feeling so broken, like just so broken. I just didn't know what to do with myself. Um, and then, yeah, taking it out on mom a lot. Mum and I had a lot of arguments and I just remember just taking, it was like this, Anger that I had from a child from when she left the household, it was like that was coming out as well. I had a lot of anger towards her, like a lot of anger, deep internal anger. Um, And that came out a lot in our arguments. Like, I remember. screaming like I remember screaming so loud that my throat would hurt and I didn't really like there wasn't really it wasn't so much about the argument or the thing that we're arguing over it was just this emotion coming out in me this anger that I had towards her and I didn't again didn't realize that at the time that that was coming out in the form of those arguments um and we had a lot of there was a lot of you know um there was a lot of uh broken parts in our relationship back then as mother and mother and daughter. That's for sure. When we were living together. Um, and then later on she moved back to, so this is when we're living together in Bendigo and she moved back to Melbourne and, um, and then into Queensland for many years. Um, and then many years later, she also said that she was running away from us. So it was like, so we knew what it was like to live without parents nearby. Um, and, you know, she, it, she did admit that later on, um, that that's not the right thing. That wasn't the thing to do. We shouldn't be embracing the fact that we've got parents around, but she wanted us to, she wanted to build this independence and this re- resiliency within us. So we knew what it was like to stand on our own two feet, um, which that did happen. That has happened. But again, it wasn't, um, she was just, um, she was just continuing the, the, tr- the, the, her upbringing onto us. Um, So for some reason, so we felt like we knew what it felt like to not have any parents. It sounds really sad now, but that's what she did talk to us about like many years ago, uh, many years later. Um, The reason that she kept running away was because of that, because that's all she knew was to run. Um, So yeah, that's really interesting. But then going back to um, Swan Hill, going back to that, I just finished that relationship with Matt. I went to Swan Hill And oh my goodness, I remember putting all my life's belongings in my car and driving to this new town that I'd never, ever, ever stepped foot in. Um, At the time, I didn't even have anyone to live with. I had no rent like history or anything, so I couldn't even rent a place. I was very young. Um, My dad, a guy in his um, footy club back then, knew uh, his grandmother lived in, in Swan Hill, and she was in her 90s. And he said, well, she's got a spare room. And I literally just rocked up on her door one day and I lived with her for a little bit. My first ever roommate was a lady in her nineties and we became best friends. I would, um, pay her $50 a week in rent. I still remember $50, uh, cash every single, every single Friday I'd give it to her before I, I went back home again. And, um, and yeah, we, she had a lot of dependency on me, just like I did her. She was putting a roof over my head and providing me, you know, comfort um, and a friend when I didn't have any. And I was helping her a lot, um, obviously being in her 90s, there were a few things that she couldn't do. So I helped her. Um, we used to, I used to get home from work every day. Um, so this is when I worked at a newspaper, the newspaper. I'd get home from work every day and would sit down, would watch Deal or No Deal together and would sit down and would have dinner together. And yeah, we were just, we just became each. other's company. It was so beautiful. Um, And so this newspaper I worked at, I actually made some really beautiful friends there. There were these three girls and we sat in the newsroom Um, it was like this big square table and we um, our desks that was all our desks just faced each other and we became so close like I just did not expect this friendship and these this bond that I would have with these girls when I moved to this town that I had no idea anyone like I didn't know a soul there and became really close friends I actually ended up dating one of the girl's brother for ages and that was another relationship and reflecting back I had a relationship in every town that I went to for my media career. My media career lasted 10 years and I had a boyfriend almost in every town that I went to. And um, I, I look back on it now and I thought I learned valuable things and lessons about myself in every single one of those relationships. I, I truly believe now that I was supposed to meet every single one of those men to teach me something new and to build that, you know, the person that I am today. I, I remember dealing with all these different things in every single relationship and I, I, I'm a di- totally different person in a relationship these days. But I, I'm very emotionally independent now. Like I know who I am. I'm very sure of myself in, in, you know, in the emotional sense, um, and what you know, how I act and um, my patterns and things like that. But yeah, I, I met him. Um, we ended up living together. So um, when I, after moving out of the, um, I can't remember her name. I can't remember her name. the, the lady that I lived with. Um, so beautiful. And she had a son who owned a little rental in Sun Hill. I remember him meeting up with him one day. And, um, you know, he, I was just, I basically had to talk him into it cause I had no rental history. I was just this 19 year old girl with no rental history. I was like, I, you know, I, I remember still remember the rent it was $130 a week for this little two bedroom little unit. It was so old, but far out. It was my little home. It was my cocoon. Um, yeah. So he gave me the chance and I moved in with no furniture, nothing. Like I just built from nothing. Um, uh, we weren't ki- g- girls to rely on our parents financially a lot. So we were financially, uh, We, you know, we all had to be financially independent quite early, quite young. Um, so, yeah, I remember not even having a couch, had these two little chairs in the lounge room and it was home. It was home and it felt so good. But um, a lot happened there. I I found, I definitely found my independency a lot um, there uh, with, in terms of like, you know, having this home and being out of, out of my hometown and living in this um, new town on my own and making new friends. And, you know, that was where my career kicked off. Like I, Ended up completing my three year journalism cadetship in two years. I was so determined. I was so determined to get where I wanted to go. Like that fire in my belly was so strong back then. I was like, I'm gonna get there. Um, and yeah, I met these beautiful girls. Um, we we would hang out a lot. We I, I I it was life. I know I really made it a life there. But also, one thing that did kick in was my my relationship with food was not great. It was because I was living in this home now that I all of a sudden had to cook all these meals again on my own. Um, you know, back when we were younger, we definitely had dad under the, under the roof and my sisters to like help each other with the cooking. But this was like me on my own. I could not cook to save myself. Um, I remember burning chicken or under, <laughs> under cooking chicken and opening up and it was raw on the inside. Um, I remember throwing meals in the bin and entered, ending up at McDonald's more times than I can remember or more times than I can count I was at McDonald's getting getting McDonald's for dinner and my bin my my dinner would be tossed in the bin and also I remember getting these 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 um oh, this not a craving. It was a craving, but looking back on it, it was emotional eating. All these like this, you know, isolation of living in my own was rearing its head. All this, this past trauma um and this, all the emotions that I'd just been through with schooling, with mum and dad, with the relationships, all the heartache I'd already dealt with, all the grief that was very much coming up still, but I was trying to bury it back down with food. So I, that was my very first memories of binge eating I would go to the supermarket and just buy everything I could possibly think of that I felt like at the time, like ice cream and biscuits. So sugar was my vice ice cream and biscuits and packets of things and just processed everything. And I would come back home and I would eat it all. I would just go, i would just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat until I felt sick. Like I would felt, felt so sick. And it was like this feeling of finally feeling full. So I didn't have to deal with my emotions. Um, and that would last, unfortunately, for many years, many years. I had this this relationship with food where whenever I'd feel that emotion coming up, I shoved it back down physically with food. So that emotion was like kind of pushed, physically pushed back down again. I always felt like shit afterwards. I always felt disgusting and sick and I hid it. No one else knew about that. Like I would, I would very much hide that. I'd put the packets in the bin um, if anyone was coming over, or my boyfriend at the time was coming over, he didn't know about it. I lived on my own, so I could very much hide it. And and um, the one thing I couldn't hide, though, is my clothes were getting very tight. I also, looking back on it, this is the first time I acknowledged how much inflammation was in my body from that um, binge eating. I still exercised. I remember going for runs a lot, and um, I. I always used to, I loved running cause it was very, it was very releasing for me as well. Um, so yeah, I remember um, yeah feeling very tight in my clothes, a lot of inflammation and looking back on it, gluten, dairy and sugar was the thing that was causing so much inflammation. I look back at photos now and I could just see it in my face. Like I was just holding and in my body. I was just holding inflammation in my body. And that was probably a lot to do with emotions. You hold a lot of emotions and I'll get to this a little bit later how I actually released that. A lot of emotions were in that body. A lot of inflammation was caused from grief and trauma and all the things that I was still not healing and dealing with. And then now the thing that was feeling good um, was the food. The food was feeling really good. I, I remember the relationship being not too bad. This relationship wasn't... Maybe actually I'm making that connection now, maybe because I was turning to food rather than to him for that, um, for that release. Wow. I told you that this story is going to bring out more. Maybe that's because I, I don't remember having all the arguments with him. Um, I remember having a really, be- he was a very kind grounding man. He was very, very kind, very generous, very just beautiful man. Um, So he was very understanding. So he probably understood me a lot more back then. Um, But yeah, I turned to food a lot. I definitely turned to food. It was also really hard. Um, The job, this also job also taught me a lot of um, what my work ethic is now. Really started back then. It was a very high paced um, pressure cooker environment. Um, inside the newsroom and it was just go 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 all the time we were we were to strict deadlines all the time um we were always just it was just always every day was just a new fast-paced day we would be going out interviewing people and and um coming back and writing them up quickly and then going out to interview more people because this was a tri-weekly newspaper there were three newspapers released a week which is very fast paced you had to be every second day you were writing a new newspaper so it was really fast and I also um picked up the role as a police and court reporter back. then and I loved it I loved the police side of things I loved like the the uh, well I did love it I loved the fast pace I loved the connections that I was building with the community and helping you know you know write these stories to help with crime and and you know things like that but it also had a, a very harsh um Uh, side of it where I would go to car accidents and see things that I wish to never repeat. Um, You know, I saw a lot of fatalities. I saw a lot of, you know, um, I saw a lot of things that I probably buried down as well back then. Um, I kind of just pushed it to the side thinking, well, that's my job. That's what I saw today. Moving on, um, you know, there were horrible scenes that I saw. Um, And yeah, because it was a country town as well, there were a lot of car accidents. There were a lot of um, yeah there was a lot of there was really a lot of crime actually um, up there uh, so yeah I definitely saw a lot and looking back at it now I definitely wasn't dealing with that as, some, as the way that I would now um so that was building on that as well so that was building to the trauma and to the grief like that was always that was building to those emotions that I was still holding on to and getting around but i I did find that job really rewarding I was also dealt with bullying as well at that job the editor at the time of that newspaper was um was a bully. He was, you know, whether he had his own life to deal with, whatever was going on in his own life, I don't know. But I do remember him being a bully. I remember him playing favorites with people and I was not one of them. (laughs) Um, I remember him just being a very harsh man. And no matter what you did, you could never please him. And I always felt myself trying to please him going back to school days of trying to please my friends to fit in. I was trying to please him to fit in, for him to accept me. Again, looking back on it, all I wanted to do was be accepted and to be loved and you know things like that and that also brought out another side of me you know dealing with a workplace that I was getting bullied the other girls were getting bullied as well and they were just taking it on and I was thinking no there's something has to change with this um you know that's not on but it's a lot of us did accept it uh, parts of it um he ended up leaving while we were there but um yeah he was just and I don't say that in a nasty way. Like people do things because of their own story as well. Um, I think the best thing that you could ever do to someone is just send them love and and just remove yourself from it. So luckily we were removed, uh, the girls and I were removed, um, from that situation, thankfully. But, um, yeah, you just send love and then, and then move on. Um, but yeah, that was another thing, workplace bullying, (laughs) which was not a great feeling after going through school with bullying. So yeah, the Swan Hill definitely taught me a lot. Um, I'm not going to go through each part of my career because that was the start of it. And I ended up having a 10-year media career with that. There was a lot of moving around. There was a lot of, um, you know, I had, like I said, I had that, that relationship basically in every town that I went to. But I do remember a real heartache and I still, I still had this sadness. Um, and at this time, I was not dealing with my emotions in terms of mum and I. I was not dealing with emotions that I was still holding down. And I remember feeling so sad every Sunday night because I'd go back to Bendigo on a weekend and then I'd go back to Swan Hill during the week. Some some nights I did not want to go back. I would wait till so, so late at night to go back to live back at my home um, in Swan Hill. And I would be so sad. I would cry so, so hard that I'd have to pull over onto the side of the road because I couldn't see the road ahead of me from, for my tears. Um, and then just ringing back home again because I didn't want to leave mum. Like here I am, a 19, 20 year old still not wanting to leave her mum because this was like, the time that I had her back in my life again. And then all of a sudden I had to leave every Sunday. I had to be going and I didn't want to, like I didn't want to, but I also had this fire in my belly that I wanted my career so bad. So mom definitely helped me to to stay on that track because she could see that I wanted this career so bad. But I just remember this sadness and this grief. And this is around the time that I also went on antidepressants. Um, I was seeing a counselor that I didn't really connect with. It wasn't two years later, I actually found one that I really connect with, but I went to see counselors. I was never connecting with them. I never quite got what I wanted out of it. I always felt like they didn't understand me. And they'd just try and talk about my parents' divorce the whole time. I'm like, oh, it's so much more than my parents' divorce. Like At the time I was just in denial um, about why I'm feeling that way. And yes, looking back on it now, it was a lot to do with it. But I remember going on antidepressants then that was, uh, and I would have stayed on them a couple of, uh, like three or four years, I think, um, maybe even longer, actually I was on them for a really, really long time. Um, so yeah, and that helped a lot that helped balance out my emotions a lot. Um, but it was something I really needed to do because I was not getting my emotions in check, um. And it de- the antidepressants didn't help with my um, binge eating whatsoever, um, but it just helped kind of balance me out a little bit because I was just very sad still. And I just didn't really know what was going on. Um, there was, like I said, not dealing with anything. Um, but yeah, my career was going great. <laughs> I threw myself into my career and I still do these days. Um, I'm very, I'm a very career driven girl and I would never change that. I just, I love, I freaking love uh, my career. Um so where are we? Oh, um, I'm just looking back at my notes. I've got all this mapped out on a really big piece of paper. Um, so, yes, we are. So from um, Shepparton, I actually moved back to Melbourne, I'm pretty sure. And then there was a lot of di- different changes of jobs. I remember having another relationship when I was back in Melbourne. I was actually working at SBS in a, you um, know, like advertising in for TV. And I felt, and I also fell in love with this guy named Chris and he was my everything. Like he, like, again, it was a very strong connection between the two of us, but he was definitely more developed in terms of his own emotions and his spiritual connection. This is where I first got kind of introduced to spirituality. I didn't really know much about, about it and self development. He was all over that. I wasn't, I, I think that's why we broke up as well. I was nowhere near doing any form of self-development back then and again I a lot of parts of me came out in that relationship that that ended it that that really did end it um because I was just still really just dependent on a relationship. As soon as I was in one, I just kind of again just these unresolved issues, these triggers, this abandonment, the the dependency with emotions on someone else, like I was just always throwing it at them. It's just like I'm so sick of feeling this, you've helped me feel it. Um, which is not sexy. <laughs> it's not a good trait to have. And again, that relationship ended because of that. It resolved because because it wasn't, it wasn't a good balance. You know, now I believe that two beautiful, independent people that have done work on themselves should have this beautiful intertwined connection, but not dependent and, and literally, you know, can't live independently on their own without each other. Like that's, it's, you can have a you can have a love that you can't live without each other, but there's this you know this life that you can't live with each other. I don't think that's balanced at all. Um, but yeah, the, very much that was not. It was so out of balance back then in my relationships. I just threw everything onto them, and then at any time of them, you know, walking away from me, that abandonment came out. You know, any time they put they um, highlighted a trigger of mine, whether it was about parents or whether it was about like anything like uh, in my childhood that I experienced, I would just lose it. Like I would just, I just didn't know how to deal with it. So I would lose it and I'd run. Um, so yeah, that's, um, so I, I moved around a lot. I had a few jobs um, and then eventually I went back into, so I always went from the newspaper then and then eventually I discovered radio. Um, so again, wanting this journalism um, career, I f- was very fortunate to land a job in radio. Uh, it started off in Bendigo actually presenting the news and then eventually I would, um, there was a few you know, different job changes and things like that. And then eventually wound up in Aubrey and Aubrey was amazing. I loved living in Aubrey. It was so good. Again, made new friends. Again, I had a boyfriend there. His name was Alex. I can't believe I'm sharing all this. Some like if, if one of my past boyfriends are listening to this, um, yeah, he was, he was a very beautiful, kind man. He, um, He taught me a lot about structure and routine. He was part of the army. Uh, He had a um, he had left the army when oh no when we were still together he was leaving it. Um, so he yeah he taught me a lot um about yeah just. Uh, he was very organized and structured and had a different way of thinking about things. And he taught me a lot. Again, every relationship taught me something new. Um, And he was an entrepreneur. He ended up um, having his own business. So he taught me a lot about that as well, having my own business. Um, Yeah, I, I, I learned a lot. Again, that didn't work out, but Aubrey was amazing. So uh, I was news presenting, getting up at like, oh my goodness, like starting work at like four o'clock in the morning, presenting the news. Again, fast paced environment, like so fast paced. I had to think on my feet, which was really good for my mindset back then because I was just always kept occupied, like always kept busy. And I think busy was good for me. Like I wasn't deal at the time because I wasn't dealing with things. Like, so, um, I was just keeping busy. Like I was just keeping busy to just push it all to the side, basically. Um, but then again, as soon as I had those relationships, that's when it, that's when I allowed it to come out all these, you know, like all my emotions, so yeah, I found more independence in Aubrey. Um, I found more friends. I developed more in my career. My career was always, you know, so important. Um, I always I put it first for for a long time. Um, so it, yeah, and my determination flared even more from that. I ended up jumping over into doing um, like radio hosting, the breakfast hosting or radio um, music show hosting. Then, and that was amazing. Um, yeah, I just I have such high regard for for that time in my life. And again, it taught me a lot. From there though, this is where the game changed for me. From there, right? So I had this relationship with this beautiful man, but he was not satisfying my uh, he was not satisfying a lot of my core values. He was not satisfying me. I was very much settling for that relationship. It was a beautiful relationship, but something was missing. Like I, it, something was missing in it and I didn't know what it was. And I didn't realize until after I left that how much it was I was holding myself back in there. And I was kind of settling for something that I wasn't really fully getting in a relationship. So I didn't realize this until I landed a job in Shepparton. In radio, I moved to Shepparton, and then I think our relationship resolved in um, like a couple of weeks after moving. Again, I was turning to food a lot while before I moved, and while I was while I moved as well. So again, just feeling that void. So anytime I thought I felt isolated, anytime I felt lonely, anytime I felt sad, I'd still be turning to this food. So binge eating was very much a big thing for me still then, and I um. I didn't binge eat and then um, like make myself sick or anything like that. I just binge eat and then I would either go and exercise and run feeling so heavy and disgusting or I would just find myself mulling in my own guilt for eating that and then waking up and trying to restrict myself the next day. And that still continued in Shepparton. But one thing that I did find in Shepparton was once I resolved that relationship, once I ended that relationship, I felt this emotional release i just remember feeling this emotional release going oh my goodness like it wasn't a bad relationship like it just broke up it broke off and it was it it came to its end naturally but i just remember feeling this emotional release from that emotional release i remember i remember also feeling weight released so when I, when I actually, res, when I actually was really honest with myself and thought I'm not getting what I need out of this relationship, the weight also dropped off me. I, I still remember I was holding on to a lot in there and then I released it and then I released that, that emotionally. I would be, I just remember this feeling going, wow. I was holding on to something and I was holding on to that relationship not realizing the detriment it was actually doing to my body the emotions I was holding on to inflammation my body was just always inflamed I don't know what I was holding on to but when I let go of that I also the weight dropped and that was my first the penny had clicked for me going if I can release that and that does that to my body then I need to release more and do more for the my past and release a lot of that like, does that, I hope that makes sense. That was the real eye opener moment for me. I loved that job. I could shine in that job. It was like my, everything was just aligning. Like I felt so good. And my body was at the smallest, leanest, lightest way it's ever been because I was truly living the life that I wanted to, like I'd I'd broken up that relationship. I was living in this, my dream job. Like I just wanted this dream job so bad that it just felt so good. I felt fulfilled when I woke up in the morning. Like I just felt so good, even though, was in another share house and felt isolated and lonely for a little bit it just didn't hit me as hard because I a and I was closer to home as well Shepparton was much closer to Bendigo so it wasn't much of a trek to go back home of a weekend um yeah I just remember feeling this just this uh, release and again the that didn't mean that the binge eating had stopped I still had my ups and downs it was still very much a roller coaster and I still remember this like um Anytime I felt that isolation flare up again, I would turn to the food. And I remember back then it was Reese's cups, peanut butter cups, and uh, ice cream, biscuits, anything, you name it, anything I could get my hands on, I would binge eat until I felt sick and Nutella. Nutella, like a spoon straight to the jar, Nutella. Um, And because again, that was the universe telling me you need to do the work, Hayley. Like you need to do this work. You're just going to push these emotions down. So while I was still having these moments and these feel good moments of like, yes, I'm living in alignment. Yes, I'm feeling good. Yes, I feel released. I was still, anytime it did flare up my feelings, I would turn to the food. And it was, yeah, I just still remember that feeling. I still remember that bloated feeling. And then I'd try and go out and walk it off or run it off. And it was just gross. It was just uh, this this vicious cycle that just never ended. But this is where I was introduced to my first form of self-development. This was in the form of a girl by the name of Gabby Bernstein. And if you follow me, you know that I freaking love her, that she honestly changed a lot for me. She, I remember picking up one of her books, um, Add More Into Your Life was one of her first books. I started reading that. And that's when the penny dropped for me. That was this fir- the first thing form of self-development for me was the um, add more into your life. And she talked about going through her own eating disorder. She talked about going through a drug addiction. She talked about all these things. And then I could see this beautiful light that she is today. She's this spiritual healer. She's this You know, she's just this beautiful, beautiful woman that spreads her message to millions of people across the globe. And I just remember thinking if she can go from there and then heal all of her wounded, broken parts, then I can too. And I'd go for walks and I'd put it in my ears. Um, every single book that she owned, I would get it on um every single book she wrote, I'd put it on my audiobook. Uh I'd download the audio book and put it in my ears and I'd go for a walk and I just started listening to all of her books. And then it was one day I was out in nature. I was out walking. I still remember, I still even remember what I was wearing. I was wearing a yellow top. That's how much I remember this moment. I was out walking in nature. Deep within the bush I'd found these beautiful walking tracks there. And I'd just finished work, like finished up the radio show for the day and I was just out walking and I had her in my ears. And I remember Hearing all these words that she was saying, all these affirmations, all these feel-good words that I really hadn't even heard of before. All these like you know um, teachings about meditation and about our core values and all of these things about how we can you know heal our past and trauma healing and all these things I'd never heard of before. And I remember being out in nature this one day and this rush of the most um, feel-good feeling I've ever felt in my whole entire life. And it was fleeting. It was very quick. I remember being out, it was like a euphoric moment. It was this, it was like the universe had thrown me this big bubble of feel good, like feelings you've ever felt and just threw it onto me and just drenched me in it. Like I remember feeling like I was just high on happiness. Like I just Felt so good, and I remember smiling, and I felt so light, and I just felt so happy, and I felt so grateful. And I was just like, Oh my goodness, like I need more of this feeling. Like, how am I feeling this right now? And it was just, I remember going back home and just feeling this feeling of happiness. Like, it was just so, like, everything was accessible to me. Everything was just, you know, just this. I truly believe the universe sent me that to make me feel that that, is, that feeling is possible if you do the work. If you do the work, that feeling that you feel now, you you can tap into more of that. There is an abundance of that. You've got to do the work to get there. That's also when I picked up the journal. I started journaling. Didn't really, like I, I journaled and did Dear Diaries back when I was a little kid and I very much had that to go, like had that... Um, you know, th- that foundation from a childhood. Um, I also, like, so I just journaled out a lot. I I, I look back, I've got um, journals that I look at now, like they're back at my dad's house and I look at and I'm like, that's when I was binge eating. I used to talk, I used to talk about, I journaled my way out of binge eating because I would just be like, I choose to, I you know, I choose to love my body. I choose to love my body. I choose to love my body. I don't, you know, I don't want to turn to these foods anymore. Um, and so I journaled a lot. I jur- I and then I She also taught me how to go back and, um, you know, look at my belief systems as a child and and discover my core values and really dive so deep. I was obsessed with self-development from that moment, obsessed. I would go and do my job and come home and then just dive into it. I would put anything in my ears, podcasts, I would read books, I would journal, I would meditate, I would do vision boards. I did it all and I was... Hooked on it, the feeling that I was getting after releasing years of turmoil, years of guilt and grief, and all of these feelings that I'd just been pushing down, I was bringing them back up in the wor- in the form of words on a paper, um, and also the, the the you know a beautiful voice in my ears that I would listen to, and she was just like my 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 mentor, I guess, in that world. Um, and it felt so good. And I didn't really talk about it back then. I didn't really tell anyone what I was doing. I was just doing it because it felt really good. And I really needed to do the work, the inner work um, to, on myself um, before now I teach it. But when I was doing it, I just needed to do it for myself. And it felt so freaking good. I remember on weekends going back home, feeling amazing, feeling like I had this, you know, this, just this new lease of life, this new this new look, like the way I, I've, I perceived and looked at life so differently. Like I felt so grateful for everything. I'd go and see my friends and just feel so much love. I'd go, you know, even see my family and learnt that, you know it's uh, me pushing things on my family is not the way to go like just be the be the example like i remember thinking all the time just be the example haley be the example and this is where i really healed a lot of that in binge eating that a lot of that um that work with food i realized a lot i acknowledged that when i was going through a moment in my emotions i would turn to food so instead i turned to my journal and i was just like i love my body too much i like i love my body so much that I don't want to, I don't want to wreck it with food. Like I, I'm, I I choose not to turn to food. Like I choose again, I choose again, I choose again, I choose again. And I'd release everything out on the paper. So then I wasn't get. I wasn't finding that release with food and tell you what I had many mishaps and many, like I fell back into the trap of binging a million times over. I'm not saying that was perfect, but that, that eventually got me out of it. I, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you the last time, maybe I binged, maybe the last time I did do that was back then years, uh, 2014. That was when I lived in Trepanam and that was, yeah, a very big, that was a very big turnaround for me. That was when I really, really grew into this person that I am today. It was the start of it. Um, my body was reflecting it. Like I, I, without even really changing much, cause I was always, I, I always exercised anyway, because I knew it felt good in my body. Um, but I had, I dropped like, like 8 kilos or something like that back then and that was i it was inflammation i you know i i intuitively st- um, stopped eating gluten. I intuitively pulled back on my sugar because I knew that that fluctuation in my weight was from sugar. Um, you know, and I, I naturally pulled back on it and naturally grew this love for food. I wanted to know what was in my food all the time. I started cooking and experimenting and just eating more vegetables because I was starting to love my body. I was starting to appreciate my body. So I didn't want to put, bad food in my body. I wanted to put good food in my body because I loved myself now. Like I was starting to love myself and work through these emotions and work through everything that I'd been through. And it was just, yeah, it was just so beautiful. Like I just am so grateful for that time. Um, but yeah, just very much acknowledging belief systems that I was holding on to. Yeah. Like I said, the core values, just all these aha moments were happening when I was there. Um, and yeah, that was when that was the real game changer. That was the real, the real moment that I changed. And it actually led me to quit radio after that. This is, this was 10, you know, 10, 10 years, um, going on 10 years. I don't know if that came through, but my phone was just ringing. Whoops. Um, that was yeah, a good 10 years of being in media. And that was when I realized that commercial radio was not aligned with my values anymore. You know, I valued, um, you know, health and I valued connection and I valued, um, you know, a natural way of living. And I had all these values that I was now starting to realize that no longer aligned with that, that job anymore. There was a lot of the commercial side of things that I just wasn't feeling I wasn't feeling fulfilled um, in that. And I, I lovingly let it go. Like I lovingly walked away from it. And there was so much that happened in that career that I'm so grateful for that I never would have otherwise got the opportunity. But I was very much acknowledging that this, my new found values that I was starting to identify was not aligning with with the life that I wanted to lead anymore. Like I wanted to help people. I wanted to guide people. I wanted to lead this life of just being there and being people's support, um, you know, network and just helping them live the best life that they possibly could. That's when I really acknowledged that. And this is summarizing a lot, but I did walk away from that job. I moved back home again in the meantime of, you know, doing all this work, Pippa's dad came into my life. We met, um, and, it was a beautiful relationship. We had a, um, you know, a very loving um, connection when we first met, we had a beautiful relationship and it came to, I remember, you know, telling him I wanted to leave this job and I wanted to leave radio and I wanted to start this new chapter. And back then I had in the works in the back of my head, I'd already become a personal trainer. I, I became a personal trainer 10 years ago. So I always had that in the back of my mind of like, I can, this is, this was the first way of helping people. Um, and I wanted to come home and I wanted to create this business, this fitness training business, which I ended up doing the outdoor training business when you exercise with you and your dog. So, but I moved back to do that. I very much focused on that, but then I, you know, um, we were progressing in our relationship and the idea was I was going to move back and we're going to live together. But when I moved back on the 11th hour, um, I'm not going to go into this side of the story because I don't think that's fair on Pippa's dad to just tell my story side of the story, but a lot happened and he basically, um, pulled out, got scared of me moving in and living together. And there was actually a lot going on, um, in the background, but, um, yeah, I end up, I, we, when I went to move back, the relationship resolved, uh, and I hit rock bottom. I remember feeling so sad and so heartbroken and just like, I just remember feeling like this was, i was already feeling so good within myself and i was finding my feet in this in this new direction in my career and then i was thinking i had the relationship too but then i moved back and that resolved i look back on it now and i think everything happened the way it did the universe was sending all these signs to you know to step up again and step up and do more work and you know just to to learn and to heal and to grow um as a person and yeah a lot happened then which i'm not going to go into but we broke up and I ended up living with my sister and I, it was a real rock bottom moment for me. Um, It was really rock bottom. Like I just remember not being able to concentrate and not being able to do anything. Like all I thought about was him, which looking back on it now, like it's, it was another sign to stand on my own two feet and to, you know, Um, focus on myself and my own healing, um, which I did. I still turned to the self-development. I still would be, I I still just remember going to my room and I was drawn to angel cards and tarot cards and journaling. And I'll just go into my room at my sister's house and crystals, like all these things that just made me feel good. I just surrounded myself with it. like It was just like I was bathing in all this feel good energy. Like my bedroom, I just created this real positive environment because it felt good when I walked back in there. Um, And yeah, this is where it just got deeper and deeper and deeper this self-development journey to grow and to learn and to see every challenge as like a a learning experience um so to put things short we ended up getting back together he did it was like really in a rom-com he actually freaking moved heaven and earth to get us back together and did it in a very public manner and um if you knew me at the time uh, you would know that that was a very <laughs> that was massive um, it, it wasn't easy but we ended up getting back together um, and then uh, like a year or so later uh, or maybe two years I can't remember um, we my sister was trying to, for a baby and she discovered that she had polycystic ovaries and she contacted me one day she said like, I know you have the same symptoms as me we've always had similar cycles we've always had similar um, things go on with our bodies and I just knew back then that I had it too, so I went and got checked out. Turns out, yes, I had um, quite a severe case of polycystic ovary syndrome, and went to see a gynecologist. This is when Pippa's dad, you know, said to me, "I actually really want a baby, you know, let's do this kind of thing." Um, so I, I we decided to go on medication to um, to get pregnant, and we got pregnant from this medication. So yes yeah, so then we were living this new life of being pregnant but the way that I felt inside my pregnancy was emotion I had never ever felt it was it was a lot of this was depression rearing its ugly head. So by this stage, I was back off the antidepressants. I had been for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, this was another form of depression that I'd never felt before. And 100% perinatal depression. I had every symptom. I didn't feel excited about anything. I felt numb. The things that I should have been looking forward to, I wasn't looking forward to. Like I remember feeling so sad in my pregnancy and it didn't happen. It didn't, didn't make it any easier that I was about to experience the most grief that I felt in my whole entire life. And this was in the form of losing my dog. So my dog was six. Um, when he got very sick, we were living, Jake and I were living together and he got very, very sick. Now I learned a lot from the way I handled this, looking back on it now, but when he got sick, I felt helpless, like I couldn't help him. I felt like I couldn't do the things that I needed to for him. I tried my hardest to not make him sick anymore. But there was a decision made that I decided to lovingly, it came from a place of love, to let him go um, because his sickness overwhelmed him and it actually broke my heart to not be able to fix him. And from that moment, I went into the deepest, just deepest spiral of depression that I've ever felt in my life to that point. I remember just feeling like a failure. I remember feeling like looking back on it now, like he abandoned me and my abandonment issues came back up again because someone I loved abandoned me. He left me. He got sick. He left me. Um, And we were very close. Um, Very, very close. I was so close to this dog. If you have a connection to a dog, you understand. Um, uh, I have a very different relationship to dogs. I, this is where I met my um, now counsellor, Helen. She helped me a lot um, through that grief, and it was it was horrible. It was it, it was what was supposed to be the most exciting part of my life, and it was the most horrible time of my life I grieved for him in a way that I've never grieved for anything but a lot of my emotions and a lot of what I had gone through in my past again was again rearing its head and it was another sign from the universe to Haley step up even more step up even more and deal with this like deal with the deal with everything like it you can't just heal something and then move on it's always going to come up in your life and it's always going to be opportunities to heal and to move on and to grow but I, throughout that pregnancy then, I was, I spent basically the whole thing in bed. I just, I didn't want to get out of bed. I felt so sad. I, I closed the blinds on beautiful days and just stayed in bed and cried. And I was so sick. Like I, it didn't help that I had, very bad morning sickness. And I just vomited like multiple times a day, every single day, even during my labor. Um, I was very, very sick and I was very, very sad. And I look back on it now. And I think a lot of my grief was also stemmed from the feeling of turning like, when you become a parent, you realize how you were parented and you start reflecting on how you want to then parent. So that was a lot going through my head of I'm going to now parent like my mum did. And I d- didn't want that. I didn't want to have a failed relationship. I didn't want to have a mum that was going to run. Like I didn't want to be a mum that was going to run away. Like this was playing in my mind over and over and over again. Like what kind of parent am I going to be? I'm going to be a failure. I failed my dog. So I'm going to fail my daughter. Like I I failed everyone. Like I failed. I just had this failure in my head that I was a failure and it was just this niggling feeling all the time. And I just, I just, I was going through the motions of life, but I was not living at all. I remember my sister threw me a baby shower and my nearest and dearest, everyone came. Like all my friends from Melbourne came, everyone that was invited came. It was a big baby shower. God, those are the days are gone when we actually have big um, gatherings. But that was, I just remember walking into this room of all these people and looking people in the eye and smiling because I knew I needed to smile, but I felt so sad. I just wanted to run away and cry because I was so sad. I knew I should have felt excited for this baby shower. People, they, it was so like that. Everyone had fun. We played games. My sister did the most amazing job. She did all the spread, the food. I couldn't even do anything. I couldn't even. I couldn't even, you know, make a platter of food. I couldn't even get myself out of bed to do that to go. But I remember putting a dress on and going to my baby shower and just looking around and thinking, Why are these people here for me? Why are these people here? I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not in the right state of mind. I don't want to have fun. Like, I don't want to be here. Um, And, you know, I I just feel so much sadness. But there was so much sadness in my body. I was grieving for the dog. I was grieving for the life. I was grieving for so much. That's the most... I grieved for everything. I grieved for my childhood. I grieved for everything that I'd been through to this point. Um, And it was the most grief I've ever, ever, ever had to deal with. And I was under the care of my counselor. But again, um, I was still reading. I was reading every book that I could. I was listening to podcasts. Every opportunity, I was just secluding myself and just trying to do the work. Because that work ethic that I developed back many years ago, that was the ethic that I was now putting towards myself. Like, I've got to do this work. I've got to do this work. It was just this tap on the shoulder from the universe all the time. Like, keep going, Hayley. Keep doing the work. Keep doing the work. Keep doing the work. And I did. I kept doing the work, um, even though I felt like shit, it wasn't like, um, uh, I was, during the pregnancy, I, uh, I read this book judgment detox and it was about like, I read it because so I could stop judging myself, but it's about judging others and also judging yourself. But I, I, and I did all the, all the, um, homework and all the pieces that you had to do in that book. I went through every single task and I did them. Um, and yeah, that, that also taught me a lot everyone was worried at the time that I was going to have postnatal depression. Um, It was, it was highlighted a lot, by my my friends and family were talking about it a lot. They were like, we've got to, you know, have Haley's back here when this baby's born, because she's probably going to suffer from postnatal depression. They pushed, um, you know, looking back on it now, like I felt pressure um, and I felt like people were judging me all the time of the way I mothered, the way I breastfed, the way I chose to breastfeed because I actually didn't do skin to skin. I decided to pump. Um, I Breastfeeding wasn't um, didn't work for me straight away. And anyway, I, that was the decision. So I always felt like I was getting judged from this and judged from that and judged from everything. Um, and again, that was another lesson to do the work and to know that I can break the chain of how I was parented and how I can move forward and be my own parent. Unfortunately, a lot of things happened in our relationship between Pippa's dad and I that happened during the pregnancy and also afterwards that was unresolvable. It was a, it was too fractured to be ever recovered. Um, and again, I'm not going to go into all those personal details. It was very, 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 very fractured. Um, we tried to do the work. We tried to go to counseling, but it it had, it had to come to an end and it was on my decision. Um, I decided to walk away from that. I, again, like we went through a trial of separation and I lived in the back room. And again, I created this good space, this positive space in that room. I had things around me, the crystals, the, uh, the essential oils. I had my journal. I journaled every single day when I was working through all that, rediscovering my core values, my belief systems around parenting, all of this stuff. I was going through it. Um, and then eventually I left. I left the house um, and I... Knew that it needed to happen. I knew that we were going to be okay. I knew that I still wanted to be friends with him. I for the sake of Pippa, but I knew I was going to be a better off person without us being a um, you know in a partnership. And you know, I went to live with mum for a little bit, and. I still kept doing the work. This is when I stepped up even more and even more and even more and even more. Just every day, I was just dedicated to the journaling, to just writing out everything that was coming to my head, meditation. But one thing that got me through my, um, my uh, perinatal depression, which didn't really turn, it, I had a little bit of postnatal depression, but one thing that got me out of it very quickly uh, um, when I could was exercise, exercise pulled me out of my depression and also doing the work. Um, I turned to exercise like, and it just made me feel so good. I just remember this full body connection, full mind, body connection I had from exercise that I felt so released and empowered and energized afterwards. And it was my mental health. That was everything every single day from when people was a baby To right now, um, three and a half years later, I turn to exercise for my mental health. It just has this connection inside of my body that just does wonders. It it just, I can't even describe it. This is why I set up a, a studio at my house before we separated. And, you know, I I had a booked out studio of women. That was my dream. And I put it on my vision board and it came to fruition. Um, It was my dream to guide and lead women to then create this connection with their body through exercise. And we had, oh my gosh, it was the most wonderful experience ever. But a lot of mums that, you know, in similar situations to me also found the same results to me was just this connection and this release and this like like you know being putting yourself first so then you could be a good mum. I just remember that's all I wanted to just teach people like you, it's not selfish. You know Pippa I used to put Pippa on a rug and exercise next to her. I put her like with some toys and exercise next to her. She just knows mum exercises every day. It's just part of our life. It's not selfish. I don't ignore her. I don't go sit her in the corner and exercise. I I, I, I incorporate her into it and know and and you know lead by example. But that's what got me out of my depression, one hundred percent, as well as all the work that I was doing on myself. Um, I don't have. I didn't have medication or anything like that for this time around. Um, that was very much when I was younger. Um, and I have the tools and techniques to, um, you know, help me with that. Now, some people don't, some people still need that, um, you know, rely on that medication and that's completely, oh my gosh, that's completely fine. There is a, there is a time and a place for, for that kind of medicine. Um, so yeah, I, I, um, I definitely got myself back on track with all the self-development work, um. And I don't know, like, I can't even imagine where I'd be today with all of that. And with all of the, everything that went on in my life, I don't know where I'd be without that, without that healing, without that, that, um, you know, that development that I did, um, on myself, on my mind, all those belief systems. And and, like, it's just, I just feel emotional thinking about it. Like it comes, I've come so, so far, um, And I've hit so many rock bottoms along the way. I have felt so low and I've been in deep, dark bouts of depression. I have, you know, I've pulled myself out. I've kept going. Um, Even though when I didn't believe in myself, I kept going. Like it was just this, you know, I kind of just went into robot mode to get through. And I haven't been through, I haven't told you about every single rock bottom I've hit. There's been many along the way, but I just wanted to share with you the work that I was doing on myself along the way, the healing. We can't just brush it under the rug and move on. You know, we can't just go find another relationship without doing the work on ourselves. We can't just ignore it and move forward. We have to acknowledge these things. We have to, you know, address them head on, no matter how much it hurts, no matter how much, you know, it brings up things. That's good. We need to be able to like head, like deal with them and and even grieve them and then before moving on. Um, and I'm still healing and grieving today. Like I still still do the work daily, like things come up. Um, I feel good so much of the time, but there's moments where, you know, things still... Trigger me. Um, you know, I'm very aware of it, though. I'm so self-aware of when I say something, or I do something, or I have an argument, or something. I look back on it. Okay, okay, that's triggered from that. That's because that happened. That's because of this from my past that still needs a little bit of work. Um, you know, back in the dating world now, I'm I'm acknowledging a few bits and pieces that things that are coming up that are still unhealed. And again, I do the work. I dive back in. I pull out my journal. I exercise. I do all these things that I've, I've learned, um, you know, go back to the drawing board of writing out the way I wish to feel, going back to vision boards, like all of those things I turn to that still, you know, that get me back on track quite quickly. Um, where back in the past, it would have taken a really long time to get there. Um, so yeah, so where I'm at today, um, oh, I'm just going to quickly refer to my notes. Hang on two seconds. I've gone back Uh, yes, I'm not gonna mention my birth or anything like that um, because I feel like that's another time but it was also looking back on it now it had a bit of trauma around it um, and also people got taken straight to a hospital and we had to deal with her for um, her a few mishaps um, with her uh, when she was first born so they're things that um, I still am uh, going through so where I'm at today and I wanted to just mention that because what I'm about to mention and where I'm at today Where I'm at today, I feel so content and happy and very, very proud. I'm still doing work and I still have a few things that I wish to work on. And the reason I just mentioned the birth is because I want to do a Uh, um, birth trauma healing, which a friend told me about, I'd never really heard of. So I actually want to dive into a little bit of that um, around the labor and around pregnancy, because now I've created a a very um, fractured relationship with pregnancy, which makes me um, not very unsure and hesitant moving forward with future children. Same around like um, relationships. I'm still working on that as well. But I think this is all good. Like, I love still being able to work on these things and acknowledge them. Um, We will do this to our deathbed. This is not something you just heal and then you move on. You go, oh, cool, I've done that. This is ongoing work. Um, This is, you know, ongoing commitment to you. This is ongoing commitment to your development. You're going to come up with, you know, heaps of different things throughout your life that you go, oh, I need to work on this. Let's dive into this. Let's work on it, whether it's Doing it yourself, reaching out to someone for help, having you someone there for guidance, whoever that that's whatever that support system looks like for you, it's so like you're just going to keep keep working on things until the day we die, unfortunately. But it creates us the person that we are today. Um, you know, having these tools and techniques to fall back onto. Is what gets you out of them very, very quickly, um, and yeah, you just grow and learn and dust. Just your, uh, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and keep moving. So yeah, the law, the labor, trauma healing. I want to do um, still more work around parenting. That's always a big thing for me. How I wish to parent. How I wish to then, um, you know, bring up Pippa, The the things that um, you know I may or not have had as a child. You know, I wish for her to have in her childhood. There's all these things that are that are coming up. Continually for me, but I turn to I turn to those things um, on a daily basis to, to pull me back in line and to to keep going forward. Um, and uh, you know, our future looks bright. We're in a very very good space right now. I'm very proud um, of. Where I am today, like, you know, rebuilding ourselves, so to speak, you know, living in a home um, that we're very comfortable in. Um, You know, Pippa leads a very, very beautiful life. Her mum and dad love her so much. And yeah, we lead a very, very, um, you know, very fortunate life. But it's taken a lot of work to get here, a lot of work. And it will continue to take work. But where I am now, is I'm at that space where I'm so ready to help others do the same. Like this is where I really feel like I was put on this earth to do is to help others, to help others get to this place because I'm telling you now, it feels so freaking amazing. Like so, so amazing. Um, one thing I just didn't mention is I'm also mindful around to my food now. Um, so I, I, like I said, I couldn't tell you the last time I, I did those the binge eating or anything like that, but I'm very mindful if I go to walk into the kitchen and I'm feeling emotional, I go, I pull myself up on it now and I find other ways to feel that release or to deal with that emotion rather than turning to food because I forecast ahead and go, well, if I turn to food now, I'm going to feel like shit afterwards. I'm going to feel so gross afterwards. That's not me. I'm not going to sit there and gorge because I'm not going to feel good afterwards. Um, so this is, yeah, this is, and because I genuinely love myself now, uh, where back then I didn't love myself. Um, I, you know, I love my life that um, back then I was still dealing, you know, I was still dealing with a lot of crap. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of healing that has done to get to this point where I genuinely do a lot of things out of love. Um, and that's, that's, I always say, that's the secret ingredient is love. If you can move with love, if you can speak with love, if you can um, uh, think with love, thoughts about yourself, if you do things with love, you can find so much more harmony in everything. A lot of your challenges, a lot of your patterns, a lot of you know, relationships, if you don't have that love there, then you know um, we sabotage. We sabotage ourselves for the sake of sabotaging ourselves because it's the only thing we can do to try and um, gain control over it. Um, and we can, you know, sabotage is such is something that's so prevalent these days. Um, and I, I'm sure you can relate to that. I, I hear a lot of it. Um, but yeah, that's where I am at, at the moment. A few affirmations I've actually written down uh, that I continually work on um, is I am worthy. I am loved. I allow and surrender for people to help me. Um, I am a beautiful, nurturing, and loving mother. There are things I just noted down this morning, actually, and I just wanted to share those with you because they're things I'm continually working on. Letting someone in um, when I found this independence um, and, you know, just the way that I was brought up is something that I need to work on as well. Letting people help me um, is yeah and and then knowing that you know I am loved and I am worthy just from you know, from my past. So yeah I think I'm gonna wrap that up there I decided just to do this into one part as I was walking as I was talking not walking as I was talking um it is over an hour and 15 minutes long um but I am going to just put this into one part because I just wanted to share all of that with you and you might have just drip fed um, that episode into your ears. Um, but I would really love your feedback on this, what you thought of it, where you saw yourself in my story. Um, like I said, if I was telling a story about a different topic, it, my story would have looked completely different. If I was talking about relationships, if I was talking about career, it would have looked so different, but I just kind of chopped and changed and really showed you a few, just a few, because there was many more, a few heartaches and a few challenges and a few things that I dealt with in my life um, that I just wanted to share with you Um, and I feel really good being able to share this now like I feel like that was even very healing um, talking about it today so I really do hope it has helped you and if it has sparked you to do some work on yourself Uh, that is the reason I created um, the Naturally Well program. Yes, this is a self-plug here, but this really is the program I designed that I wish that I had back then. And I've said this many times, but now you can probably understand where I'm coming from. All the resources, the tools and techniques and everything you could possibly imagine and need if you're going through that is inside this program. I've created beautiful meditations. The work that I've created, we go right back to just, you know, discovering what your core values are are you living in alignment with those what are your patterns what are your dream what does your dream life look look like teaching you exactly how to meditate teaching you exercise teaching you how to do self-care you know teaching you how to create the life that you wish to to live vision boarding how that um how you can manifest there is everything inside that program i have jam packed that thing so much that it is it literally gives you everything, every resource that you need to do your own work. Um, and you've got me along the way as well. You can ask questions at any time um, when you get stuck or you have a burning question. Um, and to, you know, develop maybe a better relationship with food. Um, you know, I teach you everything inside of that. And I really, that it was a heart-centered program. I, it came from my heart. I wrote it The whole thing, it just flew out of me. So I knew that it was designed for you. (laughs) Um, I knew that it was going to do well. Um, I just had this inner knowing of um, this is what I need to design. This is what I need to get out into the world for more ears to absorb um, and more souls to absorb so you can start living a really, really blissfully happy life and attract everything you've ever desired into your life Um, because it's a really, really feel-good feeling. Um, and to do that, to access that, just jump onto my website, Haley Moore. So hayleymo com forward slash store or the little button work with me. If you just go to haleymore.com Um, all the information is in there. You can literally find out everything about the program in there and make your decision from there. But I really do hope to see you inside that program because it does wonders. It is magical and I freaking love it. I'm going to leave it there. Um, Thank you so much for listening again. And like part one, if you want to reach out, please reach out. I'd love to chat to you. love to hear your feedback. And I don't know where from here. Maybe I'll share another part of my my life with you um, moving forward uh, in a couple of episodes time. Maybe I'll get some more guests on in the meantime. But yeah, sending you so much love and so much light.